they actually make you strip down and examine you and your body parts make you bend over, make you everything to prove that you're a woman. Yeah. What are they looking for? A vagina? Yes. Ladies. Hey, ladies, and welcome back to Perspective. And welcome to a new week for us. Is, <laughs> yes, it this is. This is the second episode that we're doing every two weeks, right? Or third? Second. Third. Second. It's our second right. on this schedule. So um, it's been it's been good. It doesn't really feel all that different. I don't know. Yeah. Hopefully you guys listening are fine with it and enjoying uh, the episodes that we've been doing, yeah, because the last episode was with Kimberly from the She Confidential, which was just such a fun conversation, and she's so awesome and literally does influence us all the time. I know. On stuff. There's, like, more things just recently, too, and I'm like, oh, okay, can you stop? Because, like, I'm very influenced by you. It's a problem. <laughs> stop influencing me. Well, I've actually gotten some feedback from some people as well, um, who are influenced as much as us by her and uh she's they're really happy with like her tutorials and things like that so I was talking to a girlfriend she's like check out my makeup this is a a Kimberly special I'm like nice so thanks Kim yeah well she's fantastic (laughs) like she really is she's such a great content creator and we just love her so we've I think we fangirled enough and everybody heard that we are like actual creeps when it comes to her account too so um yeah But we have a great episode today also with a repeat guest, and we'll get into that soon. But Jess, I have some bad news. There has been some casualties in the plant department in this house. (gasps) No! Oh my god! I was really... Okay. I wasn't saying I'm not surprised, but I thought we were good. I mistakenly thought we were good. (laughs) Listen, in my defense, I was not here. So I was away at a cottage for almost a week and we lent our house to my father-in-law for him and his girlfriend to come and spend a couple days here. Now, I asked my husband to ask his dad to water the plants inside the house. They, They did water the outside plants and the two little lemon spruces that were in my room were neglected. And when I returned home, the first, literally the first thing I did is run up the stairs to check on them because I was like, there's no fucking way that she went in there or he went in there and watered the plants in there. And then I asked my husband because to my horror, they were crispy as you stated they get and just wilted and partially brown and and just dead. They were dead. And um, so I was like, did you not ask your dad to water my plants? He's like, oh no, I forgot. And I'm like, well. Now they're dead. Are you happy? We we have death in the house. There's been casualties. You know what? I hate to say it. Um, this is your fault. I think you should have written notes. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not one to like victim blame, but <laughs> I'm like thinking, how did you not <laughs> leave a note? Why did you not phone him repeatedly? I'm just thinking when I leave my plans, like I that's I have to make sure they're watered right up. So then as soon as I get home. All, however, you know, all that aside, my lemon 
Cyprus is also dead. <laughs> and I'm projecting. OMG. So I'm projecting. First you had to criticize me I know, before I know. you come out with the truth that you've also killed your lemon Cyprus. Well, so I told you when you bought them. They're dead. They're obviously fickle bitches. Yeah, and I told you that when we got them. I can't handle it. I know. It. And this is my like second or third. So these guys are fucking assholes. They need like the... I already call my plants divas. This one is just so fucking ridiculous. Just don't even bother with these ones. Um, let's just cut our losses and move on. Even though they're cool, it's not worth it. Like, it's not. Well, so, they're still beside my bed. I haven't de- the dead disposed of the bodies yet. No. <laughs> I know. Mine's still, still in its uh, in its pot, too. But it's Hilariously, go. I continue to water them. So do I. I just watered mine this morning. <laughs> and it's not coming back. <laughs> no, so now I just have really gross dead plants, which yeah. don't complement the style of my room. But anyway, I had to share um, for anybody that has been following along on the plant journey. I, I'm Bad news today, but tomorrow been, is another yeah, day. <laughs> casualties have taken place, um, but the rest are still thriving. So kudos to me for that. And I am still saying in my defense, it wasn't my fault that they died. They, they were not watered and it was it's my husband's fault. Well, I just think you have to take responsibility because if you don't, then this could happen again. Like this is something that they some plants can go without watering and they come back. They're like, whatever, that's no biggie. Some plants are fucking crazy and they cannot. So, well, like I said, these are fickle bitches. Yeah. The the lemon cypress. I I hate to be so harsh and say like, what the fuck lore? But um, that's just simply me projecting on myself. So. You know, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually, funny that you mentioned projection. I, I would love to do an episode on just projection <laughs> in relationships. And I, I think we need to we need to get, get there somewhere yeah. or somehow with a uh, a guest that is kind of an expert in that realm. Because well, what is that? Like, I really noticed that. I think it's relationship therapist. I don't know. We'll figure it out. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people will be interested in that because we've all done it and it's all been done to us. So I just would love to like break down the like mechanics of and the mentalities there. Um, But on another note, another thing I wanted to talk about is the fact that I got a molar removed last week and I have a gaping hole. It has been an absolute (laughs) nightmare. But let me tell you, if you want to lose weight quickly. <laughs> Develop a mouth ailment. <laughs> yeah. Remove a, a very important large tooth. I know. In your so mouth. I can't believe you have a hole in your mouth. <laughs> right yeah. It's it's just been a nightmare. And I like can't eat properly. And I'm a foodie. So it's been depressing. Like on top of pain, I'm depressed because I just want to eat whatever I want to eat. And I can't. <laughs> you can only chew on one side. And then I go down the rabbit hole of immediately thinking that I have like an infection like day one after. I'm like, well, something went wrong. It's like there's something like it hurts. And everyone's like, well, yeah, you just had a huge tooth ripped out of your head. Like it's going to hurt. I'm like, well, it's probably infected. I have a dry socket. For anybody that doesn't know what that is, basically it's like the blood clot doesn't clot. And then you have like a a hole into like your skull because you can like apparently see the bone yeah very graphic and unpleasant but I don't think I have that actually because it would apparently it's very very painful so I'm like messaging my hygienist friends I'm googling like crazy my mom and my husband has had um 
these procedures too and they're like uh you're fine we went through it like <laughs> and look how we're still alive but, but i love how you I, say yeah, oh so. i'm a foodie like you're also alive and a human so you need to eat <laughs> it's not yeah, like but i i eat for enjoyment most of the time well, i right? know like, but I you still obviously if this is upsetting when you cannot eat for more reasons than enjoyment <laughs> Yeah, well, it does suck. And the only positive thing that better come out of this is that I, like, wake up skinny tomorrow or something after, like, a week of this. So um, Keep us posted anyway, on that journey. Yeah, I will. I will. <laughs> um, also, don't recommend a tooth removal extraction awake. I opted out of the, like, sedation. Why? Just, like, the regular food. Because I don't know. It's, like, a whole process. Like, you need someone to drive you home and, like... I always feel shitty after hurt? I've been put under. Yes. I thought you were going to say, lot. I also don't recommend tooth ext- extraction. Like, uh, yeah. stop telling people that, first of all. But well, that seems barbaric <laughs> to. You can avoid it. Yeah. Like, no, it was bad because this is, I have no teeth issues. I have great teeth. The dentists all say, like, you have really great, strong teeth. This one tooth is just, like, also a fickle bitch and uh, just been causing me problems. It was root canal years ago. <laughs> and then. Yeah, it's been one Get thing after another. Get rid of what another, no longer so. serves you. So, I mean. Exactly. And it was It needed cracked, to be done. Infected, so, yeah, it it's needed to come out. They you said have there's, like, there's nothing room. they can do. So, I will be getting an implant after everything heals in a couple months. Um, mm. But, yeah, like, it was a process. Like, I had to be frozen, like, jabbed with the needle, like, seven times because there was a little bit of infection. And so, I was, like, feeling everything. And, like, they had to, like, hold my head down. Not because I was, like, flailing around. Because he had to get such an angled grip on my tooth that he was, like, borderline sitting on top of me. I was, like, making out with the dentist's stomach because, like, his he was, like, on my head, on my face. So, it was just all round a terrible <laughs> terrible experience i can't and to save yourself that kind of experience go with the sedation because then either you'll just be on laughing gas and everything's hilarious and good and you feel great or you'll be passed out and you wake up and it's over so that's my rant that's my feel bad for me story for the week well not one <laughs> part of me is would ever assume to just like go not under the the gas at least <laughs> <laughs> but I say that now. Um, who knows? Well, I just wanted it quick. That's like yeah. an hour and a bit of time. Like this was like a twenty-minute procedure. Like, I know. It felt like that's five probably hours, what what got you. But also, yeah, exactly. You're having a tooth. Ew, ew. I don't know why this is grossing me out. <laughs> Get your. It tooth is gross. Is pulled out. And I look at it and I make everybody look at it to make sure it's still good. Um, so anyway, very gross. Uh, uh, thanks for that. Um, You're welcome. Any, You're welcome, you know what? I've just noticed. Sorry, this is totally well, not totally unrelated, but one of my friends has a baby tooth still, and oh. I know. I think that's like a condition. It's, it's fucking weird, right? Like, yeah, I don't know why. They'll probably just have that pulled out, and I, I mean, I don't know. Like, dental work sucks, so and it's so expensive. So, I mean, if it's not really causing you any issues, then leave the teeth alone. Now I can't stop examining my teeth in the mirror. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll distract you. So I'm probably a little late to the party on this, but um, started watching the new popular show on Netflix, Sex Life. 
and I'm only a couple episodes in, so do not spoil. No spoiler alerts, please. <laughs> Even though I already have one, I know what happens in season, or sorry, in episode three. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I don't know what happens. I know that there is a full frontal exposure of a male body part. And that's all real, by the way. They're dating in real <laughs> life. Um, of course they are. Yeah, After <laughs> that, you can't not. I know. But Although she with, her husband in the show is sexiest. I know. Too, so, I, I mean, like, like him more. Like a stable, hot, rich man. Like he, what is wrong with him? He wanted to go along with, okay, well, I'm not going to do spoilers. Okay. But. Yeah, you're, yeah, we're not, we're not doing like a, a full breakdown of the show. People have to watch it. I'm just saying I'm getting into it. I'm not telling my husband episode three. And yes, I guess I'm one of those weird girls that actually wants to watch the show with her husband or boyfriend, whatever. Yeah, like, I definitely did not. <laughs> I do. I think it's fun. And then obviously after you feel like ready to go, it was exciting. So um, yeah, he he fell asleep. I mean, obviously it wasn't that exciting for him. But uh, <laughs> mean he wasn't I'm not telling to the about, screen? No, he wasn't. But I, I'm not telling about the episode three because like I said, I've I know what happens and uh, I want that to like blow his mind and him be like, what the fuck? I don't want to see this shit. But I mean, really, at the same time, we're not porn watchers. But if we were like, you'd be seeing dicks all over the place if we watched porn. So what's the difference? It's not a thing. Like, I I don't think so. I don't think a guy would be like, oh, my God, what the fuck is this show? Like, it is exactly like porn or or like, you know what I mean? In porn in um sorry when you see his dick they're not having sex but it is the same thing in porn seeing dicks it's not like you avoid dicks to when you watch porn if you're a guy yeah exactly I, so yeah. anyway anyways that was a, a long-winded explanation or a statement of me telling you that i'm now watching that show so we will finally have to, <laughs> no you're yeah, so, always so late recaps. on the <laughs> i know on, i don't have time to watch tv okay i know but like, we're gonna be doing I, a recap a month months after people <laughs> That's fine. So well, you know I'm not spoiling anything. We'll just uh, exactly. We won't be spoiling, and then we'll kind of revamp it to be like a reminder of remember the show, and then people like, oh yeah, that was a good show. So it'll it'll serve. And maybe somebody won't have seen it yet, and they'll want to watch it after my amazing like review of it. You're not gonna have that. I'm not gonna lie to you. Okay. <laughs> Although okay. I, I will say so far, the show is very relatable for I'm sure a lot of women that like de- definitely me, someone with two children, married, where you do, and we've talked about this on the show many times with, you know, certain episodes is just mourning your old life, uh, pre-marriage, pre or long-term committed relationship, pre-children, pre-home ownership, all the things that are like very, you know, you're supposed to take very seriously. So I, I get I get it, and I felt like her struggle um, a bit, and, yeah. and not knocking my relationship and my marriage. And I think most people probably feel the same, right? Like, I think that's eventually. what it is. Like, there's the shock factor of you know the dicks and the sex and everything like that, but underlying there is obviously a very relatable storyline um, besides just the sex about women and past relationships. And you know that where does that passion go? You if when you're in love with somebody and then now you're no longer with them or Whatever it may be. Well, there's just so many distractions and especially the biggest one when you have children. So it changes everything. Well, even I I don't even mean passion for sex. I mean, passion with exes and things like that. Like when you share that connection and it's more than just sex and it's, you know, it's so much and it's love and it's a lot. 
does it ever just go away? And obviously sometimes when you'll see how much she was in love with this guy and all of the pain and stuff. So it's hard to imagine like that just dissipating. But anyways, yeah, like I said, it's just a relatable storyline sometimes for people and yeah, women. Sure. And uh, yeah, so I'll keep everyone posted on my thoughts on the episodes. But speaking of women, this is a episode that actually, well, I mean, most of our episodes focus on women, hence her perspective. But this episode that we're doing today, like I mentioned at the top of the show, we welcome Sabrina Razak back. We had her on a while ago, back in March. We had her on uh, around Women's Day, and we brought her on to talk about like just International Women's Day and you know, breaking down the patriarchy, the way mindsets need to shift in society, especially in men and how we raise our sons and just to really get to a place of real true gender equality. So if you didn't hear that episode, it's fantastic. We definitely highly recommend. And yeah, yeah. building off that, we wanted to talk to her because a lot of this has been in the media lately too, is um, talking about women in sports, specifically women's rights, uh, equalities there and trans individuals um, in sports as well. So if you didn't hear our episode uh, before, Sabrina Razak is a educator, a researcher, and a soon-to-be doctor. She is taking her PhD and will be have a doctorate of kinesiology and physical education with a specialization in women and gender studies. So this, she is the most perfect for this conversation and like, I think we just had our mouths dropped like a lot of the times during her explaining things and enlightening us and giving us information and really breaking down some misconceptions and stigmas that you'll hear both Jess and I say that like we were a little bit we had embarrassed. no idea. <laughs> uh, well, that and just a little bit embarrassed to admit that like we we had perceptions and opinions yeah. that were probably not properly formed and we weren't educated and and we were victims I'll say of kind of just buying into what you see and hear in the media and kind of adopting other people's opinions without doing proper research so again love that we had this conversation with Sabrina and it definitely changed my mindset in a lot of ways and um, this is exactly why we want to do this and have these conversations because we need to speak to people that actually know what they're talking about before we just form an opinion on things. Yeah and as usual we had you know so much to say with her last time so we wanted to continue the conversation. We always say that after every single episode well we'll have to have another episode and uh, so it was great to have her back and have that knowledge and you know she I love how she has her information under like the the concept of sports as well like that's her her PhD study is is women in sports and things like that so it's interesting to kind of see it from that um I guess perspective too because it kind of underlies a lot of things that relate to you know society as well as sports do you know what I yeah. mean yeah she breaks it down just perfectly and really easy to understand and like absorb the information that she's giving um, so yeah, I think you guys are going to love this episode. Uh, we certainly did. And it's so hard because every conversation like this, it's so hard to end it. We want to keep going. We want more information. We want to like get more understanding. We'll so. have to have her on again. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to have her on again <laughs> and again and again. Uh, but no, we are very excited to get started and for you guys to hear this and 
without further ado, welcome to the show again, Sabrina. Welcome, Sabrina. Thanks for having me again. We had such a great chat the last time we had you on the show, but we're really, really excited about this conversation because it is one that I have to say I'm guilty of being swayed, I guess, a little bit by things I hear and see in the media. And um, after having conversations with you outside of the podcast, I kind of realized like I am super uneducated about what we're going to talk about. I'm also uh, really uneducated when it comes to this issue and like, you know, all the issues surrounding um, what we're going to talk about today. So and even sports. (laughs) So I'm just so interested to hear like your opinion coming from somebody who's educated. Last time you were just so knowledgeable when it came to everything that we discussed. So, you know, let's just go. Let's just start. (laughs) Yeah. So to kind of get into it, we wanted to chat with you about a couple things. Um, and by chat, I mean, we wanted you to educate us on this. And because, our listeners. Like we've already said. And our listeners, for sure. At least educate, but also provide another perspective, like we've already mentioned. Um, but talking a little bit about um, transgender individuals in sports, as well as just women in sports and the treatment and like why... Are female sports like seemingly not even close to the level of um, male sports and like In the terms exposure? Of money? The, yeah, well, exposure, salaries for sure, like just everything, everything to Revenue do with it. In general. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just so, it seems so low level, like unfortunately, and it's wrong. Like, why? Yeah. Um, <laughs> A lot of really complex topics, and uh, I appreciate you all. You all are a blast to talk to, by the way. I really enjoy talking to Aww. you both. Um, so there's a lot of issues there, and, and I, I don't think that, you know, there's not a, a consensus among any of the topics in varied groups, probably as you've discovered in having these conversations. And what we think about women in sports and women's bodies in general, it's important to think about the origins of how such terms and ideas and thoughts came to be, right? So people really believe that, you know, you come out of the womb and the biological sex was something that was predetermined since the beginning of time that's not the case someone had to say this equates to a boy this equates to a girl biologically this equates to a boy this equates to a girl so from the inception of those categories then you add the layer of how we were socialized then you begin to understand a little bit of why things are the way they are when it comes to women comparing women and men boys and girls so translate that so if you think if i had to ask you you know right from the womb what are the differences that we can attribute to treatment for babies in the womb automatically what happens can you think of anything that happens that yeah what yeah Right away, so if it's a boy or a girl, we equate colors to them. Yeah. Certain toys, certain, well, names, and even the way that we speak to them as babies. 
Right. If it's right. So that starts off right, like even before they come, they come out of the womb, right? So that when they come out of the the womb, then we assign them to be either a boy or a girl, right? It's those two binaries, and from there, we know how different they're treated, the different opportunities, etc. And then if if I were to ask you, I you know I'm fast forwarding a little bit to women, how are women policed? in this world right now they're policed on a number of things what's a few things that they're policed on their looks their looks what else and abilities their abilities how they dress how they are emotional yeah so then also their behaviors their behaviors okay they're policed on that and then so and then inherently what are our beliefs physiologically about the differences between men and women Men are stronger, women are weaker. Right. But I actually just want to quickly say that in we actually already designate um, male and female biologies bef- like of a child in the womb before we even know because you hear the terms like, oh, you're carrying high, you yep. must be having a boy. Uh, you've lost your booty so you must be having a boy you've lost your beauty quote yeah, unquote you must, you must be, be having, having a girl, a girl. Right. so there's already things that are attributed already. to in a way behaviors because when you say oh you've lost your beauty you must be having a girl as if like another female has Takes the power yeah. even if it's your own flesh right. and blood exactly can, can take well, it's that your from own you. body doing it like your body yeah. is allowing <laughs> that to happen and you're giving that to yeah. another female right. because it, we we both can't have it, right? Right. So that that inherent belief and the the competition between females as well. We've I think we talked about that too. But when you inherently uphold these beliefs that women are the 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 weaker sex, it permeates into all levels and all areas of of life and. So people, I think, to they hold on to that and it upholds the patriarchy. And that's why it's hard for people when I say, you know, the differences between men and women and, and saying that men are inherently stronger. Like people get really, really upset with me for saying that. And they also believe in their heart of hearts that men are biologically stronger. And I it, am guilty of that. Yeah, I, I am too. I do. Yeah, I have, and I do. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it, and that's that's what I'm saying too. But but think about when you have those beliefs, right? Could you then picture a woman being the head of a military? Can you yes. picture the head? So when yes. the thing, okay, so when you do that, and you're and you're saying that right now because of those inherent beliefs, will she have a tougher path to get there? Will she be doubted? Yes. Will she be questioned? Will yes. she be? I think of Demi Moore and G.I. Jane. Right. In all, all realness. Right. Like, so that was, so the, she really struggled. I she think did. She have really that struggled. Path. Yeah. She'll have the hard path of struggle, but I, I don't think she's not capable of it. I think right. she's more capable. <laughs> so, but this is what I'm saying though. Like when you do the eye test, you know, like if you look at myself and, and, and my husband, who's, you know, six, five. People will look at him and say he's an inherently stronger, right? Just from the, the an eye test. And people will look, Lauren, at you and your husband and most likely say the same, right? Yeah, definitely. So they actually did a, um, I don't know if you all know who Simone Biles is. She is, yes. uh, yeah, she's a, a, a gymnast and uh, American gymnast who won a whole set of medals 
and you know she's four foot something and do you guys know do you remember in gym or when you had the rope that you had to climb up and touch the top yep yeah so she was next to an nfl guy huge and again next to her huge and was like okay let's see who can get to the top do the rope and climb the rope so you can get to the top the fastest huge upper body strength and she won and so like and that's one example that I'm not saying, I'm not trying to reduce it to one example, but there are so many things that are required to excel physically and people reduce it to incorrectly associating hormones with males. A testosterone is not a male hormone. We all have hormones. We all have testosterone in our bodies. So to classify it as a male hormone is simply incorrect. It, it, it's, it's, it's again feeding into the notions that yes testosterone is a male hormone so if females have it they're deemed more masculine it's not fair to do and this is what this is what helps to uphold that that thinking of the differences and putting males as, at a higher category of being stronger and and the number one thing that i say to people which again a lot of people don't believe me the reason why that women are not able to excel in sports or receive the same treatment is because of access and access to the sport. If you have kids or, who are coming out as girls who are taught, you know, not given enough opportunities, not supported as much, really having to prove themselves all the time that they deserve to be in sport, they're not going to be as good or be able to reach their potential as much as men. So there are a few exceptions that do, and we see that, but the many more that don't, it's, it's, a, it's a number of reasons why they don't. You can't right. reduce it to the body. So well, I think I there's just, two things to unpack there, actually, yeah. because one, the testosterone thing, yeah. um, you know, that's also kind of used throughout our lives for men and women or male and female as kind of an excuse, right? Like, Oh, well, he's full of testosterone. That's why he behaves that way. It gives men um, this sort of... A pass. Get out, a get, Yeah, a get out of jail free card. Well, of course they're crazy. Of course they're violent. Of course they're this. It absolves the them testosterone from... Yeah, it absolves them from Raging through their blood. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. you don't ever boys. hear... Exactly. And you don't ever hear, well, she's full of testosterone. So that's why she's acting like that. It's women are just deemed crazy or bitchy or. Well, we get emotional because of the estrogen. That's what we get. Right. Yeah. 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 In a a bad way. Not like I'm not saying when people say emotional, if they're using it in a negative connotation, they're not saying like, oh, she's emotional. Like girls will be girls. It's what a fucking psycho. That girl's nuts. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, girls like, yeah. yeah, it's it's definitely. But OK, so exploring those hormones. Right. So we would say that women. Are, so I just want to clarify what you were saying, Sabrina, about the testosterone. Yes, females um, produce testosterone. Yes, females produce testosterone as well. But do we have the same levels? Is, are we saying that we they do or. So this is the thing. Every single body is different. Every single body is different to classify like males versus females. Again, those binaries, that's where you get into danger. And when you look at sports, okay, female, and and I know we're going to get into this, but female levels of testosterone are measured. Males are not. 
females get gender tested. Males do not. So why? What? Yeah. The only what? gender testing that happens is if you're a female and in the female category. Males do to, not get tested. Neither when you do say test- tested. To prove that they are to female. To prove they're a female. Yes. So to see if there's enough estrogen? To see if they have the quote unquote natural levels of testosterone. For a woman. For women. And the the so you know when you're a baby and but well you don't know when you're a baby, but when you you take your kid to the the chart the, to the um, doctor and they compare his height his or her height and weight, and oh, yeah. so those those standards um, have actually been proven to be quite um, European. They they're going against the European standards, right? So they found that Indian babies were always underweight. And at times, black babies, too, were always overweight and, and off the charts for height. So you have to think about these standards. Who are they built for? Who are they designed for? So with these testosterone levels now, who does it punish most? Okay, it punishes most black women from sub-Saharan Africa, African countries. Okay, because the way that it, their bodies And again, it's not aligned with the standards, European standards, their testosterone levels are higher. So now they get And that's just nature, right? That's just nature. It's it's how women are built. And even an Indian runner, Duty Chan, ran the 100 meter. Her testosterone levels were higher than the standards. So she also got disqualified. She had to go to court. Disqualified? She, yes. Are they saying she's to taking try and something? say that she's increasing her testosterone levels, or to say yes. you're not actually a woman? Like both. This, both. What? What? Both. I cannot. So, for women in the Olympics, they also they also had to. There's a there's a video called "Let Her Run," and I'll show you it. They actually make you strip down and examine you, and your body parts make you bend over, make you everything. To prove that you're a woman. Yeah. What are they looking for? A vagina? Yes. They're making sure that you, again, classify as a woman. But again, no man has ever had to do that. It's only This is insane. My mind is blown right now. I had absolutely no idea. And this is exactly why we wanted to have this conversation. Because it is so true. Like, again, I'm saying I'm guilty of this. And I'm ashamed of it a little bit. Because... I guess I've never really questioned enough or like vocalized enough like how it is unfair that these incredible female athletes get such little like exposure. I mean, that's the other thing that I wanted to impact though when you said, you know, like there's um, women have to try harder um, to prove themselves in sports. But there are, there does seem to be some sports that are sort of like, which ones? And tell me why no, do you think like gymnastics, right? Why is that? I don't know. I don't know, but that's what it it seems like. You can answer this though. I'm pretty sure you both can answer this. Why do you think tennis, swimming, golf, gymnastics, vo- beach volleyball are all acceptable? Because it's kind of highly sexualized. Like you're wearing basically no clothes yep your tiny little feminine thing yep even though their muscle and their mass individual. must be insane right it's their There's highly no... feminized sports what do you wear in tennis yeah. too right you can wear cute little skirts and it's an acceptable oh. 
and, and, and which ones are receive the least amount of attention? Rugby, hockey, basketball's Soccer. getting up there now. So, and soccer's, soccer's getting, getting up there, up now there too. too. But yeah, the contact sports, you don't, you know, like, yeah. and boxing. So you have to remember too, UFC. like, women fought to get into the Olympics. It, it happened in 1896, but women, like, there's 22 women that participated in, in, so it happened in, 18, the first one happened in 1896. No, no women. In 1900, only 22 women competed. And again, that was only in golf. Um, and so you have all of these, and then as years progressed, like a, a, a woman disguised herself to be a man just to participate in the marathon, right? And she could not, people thought that participating in these events would harm you from getting children or would make you, um, you know, not be able to have children. Uh, and this continued, same with even ski jumping. Ski jumping wasn't even added till the late, like 20, I think it was 2018, because they didn't, they thought it was too dangerous for women, right? Now, and the you, thing that's interesting about you saying that, though, is like, who decided it was dangerous for a men? woman? Who do you think? <laughs> Obviously men, but like, I'm actually, I, I mean, I'm being um, like rhetorical there, oh. but it's like, was there actually any science behind that? Or was that a fear of, we don't want women in our sports. We don't want course, women participating. It's the like, same and, people that are saying abortion shouldn't happen right now. Well, so this is what I'm saying to you is that this physiological argument is backed by science. And this science then is used. Sabrina's doing air quotes here. <laughs> this, this science is used to then prevent participation and spew those ideas that women shouldn't be participating. You know, that's the thing. Basketball wasn't included in the Olympic till 1976. For women. For women. Okay, I do want to ask you though because so so with this what you're saying right now, do you believe that men and women should play sports together? Like contact okay. sports. Yeah, and this is a this is a, a, a because a, there a, are yeah, do we this, agree that there are strength differences? No, I don't agree okay. with that. So See, this is this is where I have a really just, hard time because I look at it from if me and Justin played on a same uh, on a mm -hmm. team or separate mm -hmm. teams, like me going up against a team of Justins, and when I say Justin, it's my husband. For any new listeners, um, he's six foot. He's two hundred and mm -hmm. almost thirty pounds. I am five foot two on a good day. Yeah, one hundred and twenty five pounds. Like yeah. there is no chance. Maybe I could be faster than him. Right. Not. In this world, do I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I really, truly don't believe that I'm going to ever be stronger than him. I could okay, never so we, throw we're using, him. He could literally pick me up and throw me away. Again, we're, like, using, we're using the term stronger, right? And then we are mm -hmm. also then believing that strength is the only skill that's needed to be successful in sports. Right. right. I do. So I guess I am when you look stuck at, in that mentality. Yeah. So when yeah. you think about elite athlete and elite sports... Besides physical strength, what are the many other things that are needed? Well, agility. Speed, agility. Aside um, from physical physicality, what else is needed? Mentality. Mentality. What else? Determination. Money. Also money. Money. Coaches. The big one. <laughs> facilities. Like training. Being able to eat, education. Like I don't think that women are incapable of being taught. So I think anyone could practice and be good at or experts at anything. But 
uh, the and, and I and I I want you to correct me. I want you to tell me if I'm wrong because I, when I think back to my personal experiences playing sports, and again, it's just volleyball and softball. I'm never I've never hit the ball as far as the guys can hit it. I've yeah, never okay, so spiked many... a, a a ball down over the net and sure. as hard as the guys did it. Okay, Same. so Lauren, let me ask you. Okay, Lauren Serena never got Williams. even near the net. <laughs> Serena hey, Williams, I'm how a many men? Volleyball player. So let me ask you this, Lauren: How many men could Serena Williams beat that are astronomically bigger than her? Probably all of them. It's not only strength, right? So right. when it's so so this is okay, what I'm saying. So it's not. It's past that. Okay. It's pa- It's way more than that. To become yeah. an elite athlete, it's way more than just strength. It's and I agree. With, we agree with you on this. We agree 100%. Yeah. But I guess yeah. that's where the problem lies yeah. is getting out of that mentality. Yeah. It is and so hard. Yeah. Like, it is hard. My mind is 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 locked in that. Like, it I can never hard. be better than you. I can never beat you because I'm smaller. I'm weaker. Yeah. It's not so much like I think male, female. It's I just look at us when I compare myself to, like, again, for instance, yeah. my husband or another man. I think you're yeah, just but bigger like, and even- stronger than me. Even archery, right? Archery is an Olympic sport. So, like, again, we're always reducing it to strength. So, the same with, like, there's plenty of other stories. I want to get back to your question, though, Jessica, because this is one thing where I have to say that I am not, um, I have empathy for both sides of it. Um, Sex segregation in sports, it's the only really profession that has that binary classification uh when you think about it there's no other one that exists that have men and women separately um because i am an advocate for women in sports i empathize with the fact that women are not on an equal playing ground like you said lauren too for many reasons when they step onto the field so for a woman to even want to participate and to get to participate in sport they do feel safer playing with only women I completely understand that and I hold space for that. I also hold space for trans women and non-binary and, um, you know, other identities too, where they would feel safer if it was mixed. So I don't think there's a clear answer for that right now. Do I think that we're ready to have, you know, um, a, to, to eliminate the sex segregation. I, unfortunately, I don't think that we are. I don't think that the systems are in place. And nor do I think that women have equal opportunity currently for that to be. What uh, would happen for that is, to happen. I think women's sports would just stop then if that's what yeah, we did. It's, because it's, there's, it's really And this tough. is something. OK, so I was thinking about this today, knowing we were going to have this conversation. And I'm like, what? You know, obviously, if, if I had all the power in the world, like, what could I do? to make a solution for this. And the best that I could come up with was it has to start with kids because with with children, there are less of those like physicality differences. I think everyone can agree to that. If even if we do look into the testosterone argument, whatever, like, you know, they're, they're just more on a level playing field. So it starts there where, and I'm speaking about trans children um, playing with everyone but then I try to think of a way in which it could happen for trans adults. And I just don't know. Well, and, and, and that's, and, and I think too, even, you know, your language too, when the physicality isn't different, we have to kind of move away yeah. from that type of language too, right? And think yeah. about access. Like there's a woman and I, I Laurel, Laurel Hubbard, I wrote it down. She's competing 
for New Zealand, and she's the first transgender weightlifter to compete in the Olympics. She's 43 years old, okay? And she's competing, in, in the, and she adhered to all of the standards that the IOC, which is the governing body of the Olympics, in order to compete. And there's massive now amounts of protests saying that she shouldn't be able to compete. And I think I had this conversation with you too, uh, Lauren, and many others, you know, is there, there's going to be a competitive advantage. It's not fair. And, and people, a lot of people are, are having that arguments and it then goes back to that same argument of like, okay, men are inherently stronger, right? So that, that is the danger that we fall into. And then having these arguments also distracts from the broader issue of trying to equal the playing field with men and women in sports. So it does two things, unfortunately. It, it distracts from, from trying to gain any sort of attention and also trying to make sure that women have the supports and equal access. And then it also demonizes uh, transgender women too, where they have to, again, prove their worthiness of being in a women's category. And that's what's harmful. And you have to think about to the majority of of people who have the the ability to you know undergo a sex changing surgery or that they come they do come from extremely privileged backgrounds as well. The majority of them that do that um, gain any type of um, or uh, you know um, opportunity to do this. So we really have to think carefully about how we are treating that. And unfortunately, too, as I was telling Lauren the. You know, it is um, white women who feel most threatened by this. And because, you know, these standards, similar to beauty standards, like even, for instance, hair, right? Um, like hair on your body. Aesthetically, too, you know, Indian women and, and, you know, racialized women, they typically do have more hair than Europeans. And but then aligning to that beauty standards, you have obviously this explosion of the beauty industry too that's happened all across the world to try to adhere to that, right? And it's the yeah. same thing of what qualifies you as a woman, and who gets to determine what qualifies you as a woman, and and the people, men. yeah, and the people in these these governing bodies are doing it, yeah. So then, like even Castor Semenya, who's uh, a black woman from South Africa, right? She had quote-unquote, higher levels of testosterone. The governing body changed the rules of just the races that she competed in in order to ensure that she would not be allowed to compete in those races. And they would force, and they said, the only way that you can do it is if you take these pills. So these are pills then that you take that reduce your testosterone levels but have horrendous side effects. And I've watched documentaries and a number of athletes, women, had to do this and chose to do this because they wanted to compete, ended up committing suicide. Their bodies oh were changed God. forever, became infertile, high rates of, of, of uh, depression, all because they weren't deemed as feminine enough. And unfortunately, it's racialized women that are, are succumbing to this. And it's super scary, too. And a lot I was just going to say, these, these never were white this. women taking these medications, obviously. like No, just it was clarify. only racialized women. Yeah, it was only black and brown women. Yeah, like this is, I think you're probably going to say the same thing, Jess, is like, this is not information that I, as far as I'm concerned, is 
wildly known. Like this is not super is it in the sports this is not world? public knowledge unless you this. are researching it. Yeah, like I had no idea. And and again, in fairness, like not in fairness for these women, but like I'm a white woman. Jess, you're a white woman. Like we we really are yeah. raised very differently and over the past year and a bit, like I think we've learned a lot about that. And I, I hate to say it, but my ignorance was not intentional um, at all. But it's one of those things like you can't know what you don't know. Yeah. And this is part of why we wanted to do this. We want to learn. We want to be educated. We need to understand the different perspectives. We need to understand what is unfair. And I had no idea yeah. that this was an issue in sports. And it makes me sick. Like, it's it's wrong. And I, I think it's crazy because if the science – if science knows – and I'm using science as like the the um, air quotes again, you know, the, folks. <laughs> yeah, if we know that some um, races just naturally have different levels of testosterone or different levels of anything, why should it matter? Like, it clearly doesn't. It's not like it tips you over the edge where you're like, kind of maybe you're not actually a female. Like, yeah, you're clearly a female or male, whatever. Is, are there ways to increase your testosterone? Is it because they're training more or like... Um, no, we all have different levels of testosterone in our so body. So then how Like can you, you, me, and Jess would all have different levels of testosterone. Yep. But because Jess and I are white... No, and I don't... And I want to make sure that I, I make that clear. Like, it, because eugenics or race science too was also used historically to produce that racial hierarchy where, right. you know, whites were seen as most intelligent and blacks were seen as less intelligent, right? So we have to be really careful on what we say um, is science and, and, and how science identifies. Different bodies are different bodies are different bodies. So then how do we determine the levels? Like, how can we say you that's too you, much you, sh- you, you You shouldn't. This okay. is what I'm saying. Okay. You should. No, this right? is like, so crazy that that's why yeah. I wasn't understanding. So yeah, thank like you that, for clarifying. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. It's the same with like brain size, like you know, or like th- right. that's the way that they determined it back right. then. Okay. The racial hierarchy, right? It's, wow. it's it's an incorrect measure to to do it because even say in basketball, what's a natural advantage genetically? Height. Right. So what are you gonna do? So this is what I'm saying. You're you're punishing people for their genetic advantage. And it's like, you know, look at I don't know if you guys know who Michael Phelps is too. Do you of guys course. know? Yeah. Yeah. They said that his hands and his feet, they're literally like flippers. And so he has that massive advantage because of his hands. Kawhi Leonard, who played for the Raptors, when you went to the game, you could see how big his hands were. Oh, his hands are insane. Well, that's a genetic advantage, right? And you that's look at why gena- they're doing the sports that they're doing. That's this why Michael Phelps saying. is a swimmer. <laughs> but they're not being punished for their genetic advantage. But women oh, are. Women are. Right. Okay. So you just so that's why all that. Yeah. So, that's so like, is this because of the patriarchy? It's it really has nothing to do with the genetic advantages or disadvantages. It it seems like it really just has to do with the patriarchy. We just don't not we, the patriarchy, mostly men that sit on the boards and make all these decisions, just don't want women to be at the same level as male sports. Like that's that's kind of what I'm concluding from this. Well, because it's, it's, it's it takes also, away from whatever you know the, the revenue that they gain, get <laughs> the revenue just the it's exposure not, yeah. it lessens it well it also like the grip on control right the, the grip on control like women 
like making decisions about women's bodies men really feel like they have the authority to do so but there's also that other layer where white women are feeling really threatened like there was a whole movement in the 1950s to try to stop black women from participating in the olympics right and you'll have to you have to think about the integration of sports didn't happen until the 50s 60s right so it's not just it's not just that it's also the fact of you know protecting the 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 space uh, as well it's it is it is layered um with that complexity too that we have to think about you know i i went to a, a conference and there was a woman who ran the 800 meter with castor semenya and she was one of the ones who was protesting against her participation okay and then she, she did yeah, she did her PhD and did a complete 180 and recognized the racism that was happening against her and recognized how the science was not really being used as science. And you have to think about how behind we are when it comes to women's health and women's science. We are just yeah. like I also did a paper on pregnancy and the amount of myths that are out there regarding what women can and can't do when they're pregnant is absolutely ridiculous. And so many women and even more than women, the world believes, has these strong beliefs of what women can and can't do when they're pregnant. And it's individual. You know, every, more than anyone too, is how women respond to their pregnancy is such an individualized experience. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it's interesting because we had um, a pelvic floor specialist on, her name is Kim Vopney and she is her whole brand is the vagina coach which is fantastic but um she educated us in like the way a way that we like had no idea and we are women and we have all these parts (laughs) and i've had children and just the information that she provided us with yeah that i i didn't even know you know going from you know not being pregnant then being pregnant and postpartum like all the whole realm of it and it was like, how do I not know this about my own body? And it's like, these people have to be specialized. I need to speak to a specialist well, no, to get information it, about my from, own body. It's mind-blowing. It's, it's women terrible. even entering the profession to be scientists, to be doctors. Again, we're fairly new in that stage. Like A lot of these topics, women's health, women's orgasms, all of that, mostly been studied and 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 like not even studied yet to the fullest the g right and it's still taboo a lot of it it's still sad the the guy who invented this is on netflix too the guy who invented the guy who found the g-spot was a man it's named the guy that found the g-spot yeah this is what (laughs) i'm saying the guy this is is what i'm saying so like it's we're we're just coming to grips with with that you know and it's just unfortunate that these women are, are being so punished for like unnecessarily and so unfair like two an 18 year old two 18 year olds uh, from um nambia um just got eliminated from the 400 because of their their levels of testosterone and now they're trying to see if they can compete in a lesser event that is not measured as he- um their testosterone levels uh, aren't measured as much as the you know, 400. i have to say like i wonder with that because like um Shakari, and I hope I'm saying her name Shakari, right. yeah. Shakari. I mean, I know she was disqualified due to a marijuana use, which she admitted to. Um, but uh, part of me thinks like, and then hearing about the Nambian twins, um, part of me thinks like, eh, is it really that? Or is this like, shit, these people are going to win. 
and they happen to be people of color, do they not just don't want that? Like, I mean, I know that's not really a question that anybody can really answer because we can't say we know exactly what people are thinking, but the systemic racism that we've seen and, I mean, obviously over the centuries, but, like, especially in the last, like, couple of years just coming to light, like, it's hard not to look at it that way and be like, you just know they're better. Like, I mean, <laughs> we know. Yeah. And, and I think to, these rules are archaic and they're so antiquated. Okay. Right? So because of that, are there any motions to change it? Like, is this in yeah. the, is this happening? Do, are people becoming aware of this? And are, is it just me and Lauren that are in the dark who don't know about this? Or because <laughs> I'd never heard of this. So is this like a thing or is it something we need I, to I tell people it, about? I don't think it's just just you two. I think there's thing is there's not. Certain, there's certain rules. There's certain rules that were changed right away, and there's certain rules that are are upheld, right? So I don't know if you know. Uh, there was a woman that was protesting to bring her baby to the Olympics, and they have a rule where you couldn't like because of everything you couldn't bring your. She was breastfeeding, and they had a rule you couldn't bring um, a baby, your baby. She went online, posted it, a whole, you know, social media, it went viral and it got changed. She now could bring her baby. Mandy Bujold is a boxer and she couldn't, uh, and there was a, like, again, antiquated rules preventing her from competing uh, for, for Canada. And she was like, I don't understand. And she protested. It went viral. She's going to the Olympics. So, so if it goes viral, it'll get changed. Yeah, like if it makes both enough of those of a mistake, were white women. Oh wow! Well. Okay. <laughs> so if a white woman ever had high testosterone by some chance, then it might go viral and get changed. Again, I doubt that'll happen. No white woman like that's. I doubt it'll happen. Wow. Yeah, I like I need to believe that not every um, professional athlete, a female professional athlete believes in this. Like, I'd like to believe that many would be like, no, this is unfair. She determines to she deserves to compete just as much as I do. Like, there's some, but there's some for sure. There's some but the ones that are saying it aren't the ones that have the most power. Right. Interesting. Yeah. So, okay. You know, circling back again, because we've, like, unpacked a million things already. I just, what do you think, you know, in a perfect world, what what can we do? What can we do every day? You know, and, and people, not just athletes or people in the sports world, again, like, Lauren and I aren't um, in the sports world. I don't even, even know what that really means, but we're not, you know, athletes. So, what could regular... People who are not athletes do. Okay. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Lauren's definitely an athlete. Have you seen this girl play volleyball? Jeez. Yes, I have. She (laughs) was on my team for years until I had to move. Well, you got to come over on Tuesday nights then. Are you playing (laughs) too? Are you on the team? Did you take my spot? No, no, no. I said no to that. I just play in my backyard. Okay, I was fully, almost fully derailed this conversation. Sorry, but sorry. Sabrina hosts so uh, a little neighborhood volleyball for our listeners, so they're not like, what just happened to this conversation? <laughs> yeah, Lauren um, was the one that inspired me to do so. She was like, well, we maybe like volleyball. And at this time, the league hadn't started, and I was like, I'm having volleyball withdrawals. And so Sabrina was nice enough to offer to host and we live close to each other. So um, we've been playing. I think I went a little crazy there. (laughs) You did 
As that's true to your nature, that's fine. Um, but in <laughs> fairness, we use a badminton net, so yeah, I kill it on the badminton. Net. Finally, a, a Lauren size net. <laughs> exactly. But um, no, I have since joined back to the beach volleyball um, league in in Toronto. Um, so anyway, yes, like I enjoy playing very much, and I probably seem like I'm better than I am just because it's so easy to get the ball over the net. <laughs> no, you're like the player. badminton net. Don't shortchange yeah. yourself. You're a good player. Yeah, exactly. You're a good oh, player. Thank you. Thank you. So yes, going back before that little freak out. Um, <laughs> this is just me because I have FOMO because I moved away and I no longer can play on my old team. So that that's all. Uh, but yeah, so what can we do? What can everyone do? Women, men, people of color, yeah. people I, who I, are white. W- I think one of the main things that you can do is support women's sports. So, you know, the Olympics is a fantastic time. This is the only time really where there's somewhat more than usual coverage of women participating in sports. So y'all are on socials. You're going to see those stories. There's so many women to be excited about in the Olympics. I, You know, the Canadian women's basketball team, Simone Biles, Naomi Osaka, you know, just a ton of, of women that are, are are going to be competing and doing amazing, Bianca Andrescu, that are going to be doing amazing things um, and showcasing that, you know, making sure that your kids and people around you, educating them about some of the amazing female athletes that are that are out there and that are participating and doing great things. And, and by also showcasing these athletes too, it, 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 it hopefully moves the needle on that conversation about the capabilities and abilities of, of right. women. And I think both you, both of you all are, are great examples too, because you do participate and are active and, you know, you work towards, you know, showcasing or demonstrating yourselves that, you know, we belong in the space. And that's, that's the tough, most, I think one of the toughest thing is just claiming that space and saying you belong in that space and, 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 and enjoying it and reaping the benefits of it and making sure and leveling the playing field, which again, it's the burden that we have that more men should also take up as well. I think that's the biggest problem, honestly, is that women are always advocating for themselves, always advocating for each other, demanding this space not always but we well I mean we do I, I I do definitely think a lot of women more women than men advocate for women right agreed and and because unfortunately we still live in a very much patriarchal world we need those men's voices because Mm. i think we all know that still a lot of the control does happen because of white men unfortunately to say Um, the misogyny is real it infiltrates the misogyny is real and if they were out there with their megaphones voicing this yeah. and saying like yeah. women like they deserve yeah. like these hockey players any male player are making yeah. millions and millions like especially football players basketball players the contracts are insane like when i learn about it i'm like what the hell like who needs yeah. to get paid this much money they get paid well, more than a lot of actors like celebrities right and well, they and certainly like, get paid more women, than professional women's teams by. Oh, but that's my point is like these male pro athletes are making 10, 15, probably sometimes 20 times the amount of any female pro athlete. And it's like, but why? And, 
you know, you look at the women's soccer team and they are incredible. They, you know, I, I would be, I feel like they would just give the men a good run for their money. Like, and literally and figuratively, right? Like a literal good run for their money. Um, but it's because the exposure is not there and, and the respect is not there from men's, from men. Period. Well, what do you have? What do you have to think about with with that too? Is is a is a few things as well. Um, when you talk about exposure, like you now see a, a lot of NBA players do it too. They really support the women's game. They'll go to the games. They'll wear the sweatshirt. They'll big up the the players. They'll tweet them out. They'll go to the draft. They'll do a whole bunch of hockey. Not so much baseball. Not so much. Um, so. You do see now this emergence of of male athletes supporting women athletes, um, which is fantastic, fantastic to see. And it has propelled the support for the women's game. When people say, oh, why can't they get equal pay? They are also, when you think about when you watch a women's game versus a men's game, say even in soccer or in hockey, the amount of resources put towards um, men to make the game you know, flow, high definition cameras, number of camera angles, number of announcers, the post game, the pregame, all of that package, right? We've become used to a really high quality of watching sports. So then right. when you transfer that and you watch the girls game and people are like, oh, it's boring or oh, it's not as exciting. Oh, this and that. They don't they don't have that resources attached to it. And often it's like, oh, well, they should just, you know, get more money and do it. But then you have, you know, the executives in the room saying, oh, I'm not going to put money towards that because no one's going to watch it. But if you don't put money and resources towards right. it and make yeah. it that marketable, then it's like the cart before the horse, yeah. chicken before exactly. the egg. Yeah. Which one? And, and a lot of people have issues with that. And, and when people say equal pay, like if it's a Canadian national team, the women's and the men's team should be paid equal because it's a government supported team. Right. When you come to pro sports, that's a different kettle of fish. So that's why I think to the men's and women's soccer team in the States, they have a lot of legs to stand on, even though they lost the lawsuit. It's really obvious, obvious sexism too, because they're national, they're representing the country. It's not as if it's a, it's a private entity. Now, private endorsements did happen for the women's team to kind of uh, fill that gap. Um, But still, again, the fact that they had to do that highlights really highlights the inequities that permeates that whole team so that's where the difference is and and you know the WNBA players you know the professional basketball league they've only been in existence for 25 years in comparison to the multiple multiple decades of the NBA so and they're gonna need time well yeah exactly because did the NBA have the same amount of traction when they were only 25 years old no and the same amount of revenue when they were only 25 years old no. So that's what I'm saying, right? The sports pages, like who writes about it? Who gets exposure? If you guys could name the top five or any five female athletes, you probably name swimmers, gymnasts, and all that because they get the most promo. Right. Right. But that's what I'm saying, though. Like, to your point is that's great that other male athletes are bigging it up and they're promoting it and they're using their social platforms to share it out. But, like, hey, why don't you uh, donate, I don't know, a quarter of your salary um, to invest in women's sports. Yeah, a lot of men are buying women's team now. And you have to think about if LeBron is making $200 million, the owner's making 10 times more than that. So that's why we also, like, 
it's the people who are owners of these teams, owners exactly. of these media corporations, owners of Which these sports companies. Obviously. Yes, they're, they're the ones that kind of yeah. need to take it a little bit more at the yeah. helm and, and make some swift changes. Because, I mean, yeah. realistically, like you'd think, okay, if I help women's sports become just as profitable then I've got two. As an owner, you like I've got the whole men's league and I've got mm-hmm. the whole women's league. And if I'm making it's them just good business competitive, <laughs> like and desirable to watch, like that's just more money in my pocket. So yeah. I think it is. And I mean, I hear everything you're saying, Sabrina. And obviously, you know way, way more than I do. But it's just my my perspective on things um, based on this conversation is still like, well. Y- you know, there's still a reason why this hasn't been done, like why the investment isn't there. Are we afraid that if we do, are the, these people that are, have this power invest in female sports, now that's going to compete with TV time for male sports, right? I think it's and, go, it comes down to what you already mentioned, which is respect, misogyny, <laughs> patriarchy, and the investment. Like, like you said, Sabrina, men's teams have all the good stuff, all the... You know, good cameras, whatever. Um, women's team has none of that good stuff, and it would take a lot to get there. And why do that yeah, when we already have the guys doing so well? Well, it's that, and then it's also an inherent belief that women don't belong in sports. Yeah, that's right. what I think yeah. it comes down to. The respect to, and the misogyny, we... I think that that is yeah. so infiltrated. in, And it, it's not just pro-athlete status where women aren't belonging. Like, it starts from childhood. Girls are yeah, getting the, the dolls and boys are going out to play. Right. And, and I, I think, think that's that. what that's what takes us full circle here, actually, is that and, and you said it right off the top, Sabrina, is like that's where it has to start. We cannot continue to teach our boys from early on their childhood that they belong on a sports field or a sports team more than women or they're going to naturally be better at a sport than any girl in their class and in their you know, within their peer group, um, we have to, the, the conversations have to change right away. Um, you know, you play co-ed pretty much until high school and even high school, I played co-ed things, but it was always sort of like that house league format. It was not competitive. Mm -hmm. Um, but in gym class, like we played lacrosse, we played soccer, we played volleyball. It was co-ed change rooms were separate. Um, which I, I, I don't disagree with because I mean, this is a whole other side of the conversation is why like mixing male and female, um, sports and like opening it up to be completely level is now you're opening up women to, I think some dangers, um, because there's still going to be that mindset. Sabrina, do you agree with that? Well, I also think too, this was probably kind of the same conversations that went to have gender neutral washrooms. And I still think we should have gender neutral washrooms. I don't think there should be male and female because there's no, a lot washrooms, of No, I don't think so necessarily either. And I know that in my, our children's school, there is gender neutral washrooms. Yeah. But there's still... Because- gender specific not washrooms as well there is because parents are not ready right for that. you have to also think about the amount of harassment that goes on in washrooms on the whole though like yep. trans 100%. women non-binary women and you know going into a female men. washroom trans yeah and yeah and trans, and, yep, I, and trans I, no. men absolutely going into the the segre- sex segregated washrooms is a, a horrific experience most times yeah, like that's being, yeah. the privacy for them to face those abuses. I do still feel like there may be like a fine line um, 
because I don't think everything has to be on the same playing field if that makes sense like I I think there should still be stuff that's special to women and special to men just because that's just how I feel but I'm not saying that there shouldn't be a quality around all of that I think that's yeah different. and I think yeah I think also we equate those separations whereas I do think it's more masculinity and femininity mm-hmm. you're right so starting so I guess like again I'm always looking for like what do we do um and yeah always the solution because we always you know on our show are talking about problems that we want to change and uh, you know there there's so many fucking problems out there so yeah we want to do our parts to change them but you know again we want to bring new perspectives to people or different perspectives because I feel like just this conversation helped us um, learn more shocking. and gain better, better perspective of the situations when it pertains to women in sports or trans uh, individuals in sports. Yeah, yeah. So I guess the bottom line, like, you know, it, it's talking about it. It's discussing it. It's bringing more to light. It's, you know, supporting sports, as you mentioned, Sabrina. So then, you know, is there any other like things that we should, as we like leave off, like what, what is another thing? Should we start with young children and do we like push girls into sports more? I I think that different forms of gender expression, welcoming, accepting, um, is tough to do. And I think that that's one thing that, that, um, we can, we can do a bit better a job of. Well, I think we're still very programmed, right? Like, um, our generation, absolutely. Hopefully, the generations that are coming up, 100% our parents. But they formed us, so it's going to take a while. Yeah, I mean, mean, the thing is, the thing that's interesting, though, is my mom has always been an athlete um, in different ways than my dad. And I use my experience as a child because I think I did have quite a different experience growing up than some of my other female friends. Um, I did not live in a patriarchal home. My dad and mom were very equal in that regard. Like, he certainly was not, like, the heavy hand of our home. Actually, my mom was. Same, <laughs> scary. same. Um, my mom and was the And I didn't – yeah, totally. And I wasn't raised to think that I was lesser because I was female. And, in fact, my parents both made a point of saying, you are not. Like, whatever he can do, you can do. My Especially my mom. My dad was more of just this, like – ultra supportive person like he was just like whatever you want to do you can do it and he was not the type that was like go off and get married to a nice man and be a good wife and be taken care of like no both my parents were like you do you girl and so I've and that's that definitely for me so it wasn't I don't think I got a lot of that like male female um gender roles uh, from my home I think it was definitely society and probably just peer groups and being a girl school like I do like dressing up and I do like being pretty and I I know this is completely separate from the sports thing but and that's why I say like there's still things about being a woman that I love and enjoy that I don't really want to necessarily share with the men. Well maybe if you were a man you'd be like a metro guy. So what what Lauren to that too what what I you know what I want to say to that too you know I like I I when you are saying, you know, you're kind of like saying, I like to do all those things. Like for me, that's, that's great. I, I'm not arguing that uh, ability not to like it or like it to be able to do it, to be accepted in doing it. And the what way, ways in which that you express your gender though, 
and, and being judged or um, punished for that. That's where I think that we are discussing right. things, right? And 100%. So, no, you're yeah. right. Like, so, so then, and I also think, too, the, the narrative of, like, you know, growing up in the equal household uh, and all of that while existing in a patriarchal society, right? As you said, outside and, you know, going to school and the type of programs, the type of jobs, the type of career, type of friends, all of that, too. It all plays into, you know, what what is available to us and what are our limits due to the fact that we are women. Right. And that's, I think the conversation too is where are we limited because of that? And then also who is punished for not being in that box of what the definition of a woman is. And that's, that's, you know, what I hope to, to leave you all with is, is the definitions of that is, is not being so, so um, over deterministic on what that is. Because if it's not dressing up and putting on nails and you're still identifying as a woman, that's okay too. Right. A hundred percent. And and yeah. I totally agree. And I and I, I think it's hard for me to articulate like what I mean in that area and I need to work on that. Um, but I just think exactly like that's where, it, you know, most people get their learnings from. It needs to start in the home. And I just meant like I'm lucky enough that I didn't live under that sort of like patriarchal sure. well you um, um are a woman identifying with femininity and i think that's all like sabrina was saying yeah like, other people identify with the femininity of life too and that's okay too <laughs> right yeah exactly right. and and i think that's a really good point is that that's where the conversation needs to change is identifying versus being limited and that's a, a, yeah. a way that i haven't fully looked at it before because it just never was kind of like brought to my attention that way. Because you're and very privileged, I guess. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And um, so I can appreciate now better where these limitations come for other people. I think that it is it is a privilege to not have to worry about these things, right? It is a privilege to walk in a room and be identified as a woman. It is a privilege to go into a washroom and not be questioned uh, if you're in the same if you're in the correct washroom, um, it is a privilege to, you know, um, have your pronouns, uh, be associated with the ones that you want. It's all of that is a privilege. Uh, and I think that, um, collectively as women, uh, we are much stronger together uh, in fighting the patriarchy than we are in our silos of, you know, trans women versus lesbian women versus non-binary versus cisgender. Um, you know, so the media and amongst others will try to pit us against each other and polarize us, which um, really, really distracts from us collectively um, fighting for equal Absolutely. rights. Absolutely, and I'm so glad well that said. we had this conversation beautifully said. And, you know, in this short time, I've already learned so much. And, you know, we absolutely love talking to you because you really, really shed light on things yeah. that we're just not hearing about regularly and it's things that you have to go and look for right if you if you're even interested in it or even have an inclining about it so but um, even then, I hope our but listeners it's hard to just like google injustices and in, for women in sports right so yeah we we do really <laughs> appreciate you enlightening us and because that's what it is it's pure education and again we we always say we don't know what we don't know but the truth is like that only gets you so far like we need to be knowing these things so having these conversations I think Lauren and I are hoping is a way to help 
get that yeah open. and and you've given us some great uh points on how to help and how to amplify what's important um and you know hopefully bring some more light to uh women in sports and just even around trans women in sports and i hope our listeners took away something from this conversation too um you know we've had many conversations with many different people outside of the podcast and there is definitely kind of a trend on opinions around both these topics um so again hopefully this help will help change some perspectives or at least offer new ones um, because that's what our goal is with this uh, show. So thank you so much for being here again. And I'm sure we'll have you on again because you're just such a wealth yeah. of information <laughs> and you really help break it down into a palatable way and an easy way to understand and, and like get us thinking. Under the like concept of sports, which gives it an interesting way to, you know, appeal to people and mm-hmm. maybe even be the way to get through to men better speaking yeah. there that a little bit mm-hmm. help us out here yeah okay yeah like we need your voices too <laughs> so sabrina please tell everyone where they can find you on twitter you can find me at because of her sports uh and it's a b just the letter b c u z at her sports and on instagram i'm the full name because of her sports awesome follow us as always at herspective underscore podcast on Instagram and chime in. Let us know your thoughts on this conversation, this topic. Um, you know, if you have experiences or further information, we love to hear about it. So thanks again, Sabrina, for joining us and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. I appreciate Thank you both you. for doing Thank this. You. Thank you. Bye. Bye.